The passage from Luke ends a terrible two days for Jesus and the disciples. The week started off pretty well. You know, it started off with Palm Sunday and people waving their palm branches, you know, and having a great time, you know, waving their palm branches and so on. And then as the week goes on, you know, the leaders turn on Jesus. One could even say they colluded against Jesus. Um, you know, people who don't get along usually politically uh, got together and, and asked Jesus embarrassing questions as a way to shame him in front of his followers so that he would lose his followers. The disciples, you know, left him. Some betrayed him. Uh, Judas betrayed him. Peter denied him. Others just ran away. Uh, it was not a good, uh, good time for Jesus. And the palm branches became um, crosses. I tried to time that just perfectly. <laughs> that the palm branches became crosses for Jesus. It was a catastrophe. It was a catastrophe. And then the passage that Barbara uh, story told is, is about he, Jesus is dead and he's hanging on the cross. Now, it was fairly common for bodies not to be claimed. They would be left on the cross to rot, to be picked at by animals, by birds, uh, as a sign to other people, you know, don't, don't disobey Rome, don't disobey the authorities, or this will happen to you. So I think it took quite a bit of courage for Joseph of Arimathea to go to Pilate and ask for Jesus' body. I mean, he's affiliating with Jesus. He's identifying with Jesus. Uh, he's one of them now. I think it took courage because he's putting his life at risk by claiming the body of Jesus. And it says they put Jesus' body in, in a tomb that nobody else had been laid in. And then the women who followed Jesus went and saw where Jesus was laid. And they went and home and prepared the ointment and spices for um, anointing Jesus' body. Then the last sentence is, and on the Sabbath they rested according to the commandment. I find that really striking that that last sentence after this hell week and all that went on is and on the Sabbath they rested according to the, uh, the commandment. I put myself in their position where a loved one has died. What did I do when my father died? He died on a Saturday early in the afternoon. I got word that he had died on Saturday evening. I was in the middle of a Bible study. And I left Bible study immediately, went home, called my sister, and she said, come to Dayton now. So, left Columbus, went to Dayton, and um, let, let the, the other minister on the staff at Summit, Lou Buckaloo, um, 
He handled it all on himself. Spent Sunday meeting with my sister and my mother. Went uh, to meet with the undertaker. Planned the funeral, picked out the casket. Talked to relatives. Monday was a busy day, meeting with the minister, meeting with uh, the people at the church who would be doing the dinner afterwards, after the funeral. Uh, Funeral home, visit, meeting people at the funeral home uh, for the visitation, then the funeral. Uh, there was no time to take a day off. And I can't imagine having gone to my sister and say, Ann, um, I'm going to take, take Sunday off here. It, it's all on you now. I'll, I'll see you on Monday. You know, I, I would have been in deep trouble had I rested according to the commandment. But this is important. I mean, it says here, it says they prepared the spices and ointments and then rested on Saturday. They didn't anoint Jesus' body. They didn't even attend to do it until Sunday. They were going to rest. They were not going to do anything to Jesus' body as it laid in the tomb. This is serious stuff for them to rest on the Sabbath according to the commandment. I've always wondered how they filled that Saturday. What did they do? I imagine they spent that time Wondering what had happened that week, where things went wrong, what they might have done differently. They might have wondered why Judas betrayed Jesus. They might have wondered what happened to Judas. They might have wondered what, what happened to Peter. Peter might not even have been there with them. They might have spent time remembering Jesus. They might have been talking about Jesus. Oh, do you remember when he had that big crowd when he preached that sermon on the mountaintop? Do you remember when he walked on the water? Do you remember when he had those confrontations? Do you remember when he cast out demons? Those were some good times. Do you remember those? We do that when a relative dies. We, we spend time talking about our memories of the person. And it's a way of keeping that person close to us and remaining intimate with that person. They lit the two Sabbath candles and prayed, Blessed art thou, O God, King of the universe, who has commanded us to observe the Sabbath and sanctified us with your commandments. One candle was for the commandment in Exodus. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For on six days God created the world and on the seventh God rested and sanctified it and blessed it. The second candle is for the commandment in Deuteronomy. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For you were once slaves in Egypt, but God freed you and brought you out of the land of bondage and slavery. Therefore, bless the Sabbath day. No one shall work no one in your family or your household or your slaves or your animals. 
It is a day of rest. For once you were slaves, but now you are no longer. Then at the end of the Sabbath, they would relight the candles and pray a prayer along the lines of, O God, you alone are our Savior. In you alone do we place our trust. Now, was that routine? I'm sure it was routine. If you do it every Saturday for all of your life, I'm sure a lot of that was routine and they were just doing it. Much like people say, well, we just pray the Lord's Prayer. We don't think about it anymore. We just do it. Routine is important. That doesn't minimize it that we do it every week or every day. Probably talking about my dad's funeral triggered this memory of my father and a routine that he had that was important. In our church that I grew up in, um, there was a, a girl named Kathy Robbins, and Kathy, Kathy um, was a child with Down syndrome. Every Sunday, she waited for Dad to come into the building because Dad always gave her a stick of gum. I mean, there were times we had to stop at Lawson's on the way to church <laughs> to pick up some gum. So Dad would have something for Kathy. And there were times when um, Dad would get caught up in a Sunday school class or something, and um, you would see Kathy running around in the narthex looking for Dad and her stick of gum. It was a routine. It meant a lot to Kathy. It meant that she was important and somebody knew her. And I think it meant a lot to Dad that Kathy appreciated his gift. And when Dad died, I remember there was discussion. Who's going to give Kathy her stick of gum now? Routine that we do habitually is important. The routine of church is important. But I think on the Sabbath, the disciples did more than just the routine. Because I think the Sabbath had shaped them. On the Sabbath, one stops working. One ceases what one is doing. One empties oneself from the previous six days. It isn't that one does nothing. It's that one empties oneself of the demands of productivity, of the demands of consumption. One empties oneself of that to fill oneself with God. The Sabbath is when the Jew would imitate God, made in the image of God. And so finishing work and resting and blessing and sanctifying was imitating God. So the Jew was mindful on the Sabbath that he or she was made 
in God's image. That's a high calling. And that they were blessed. And that they were sanctified by God. And on the Sabbath, one then had the time to contemplate creation and remember God as the creator and take delight and be open to the wonder of creation and be thankful for it. And one participated in community. Remember the Sabbath with your household and that you are free people and God wills your freedom. It was a communal thing. And it was a day to remember the foundations of their faith that God the Creator gave light, gave life, gave breath. That God the, the Redeemer saved, brought people out of slavery, brought people out of the land of death. They remembered their foundations. So here's what I wonder. I wonder with all that going on, with them thinking about Jesus, with them thinking about God the Creator, with them thinking about their being made in the image of God, them thinking about the presence of God and being filled with God. I wonder if having done that on the Sabbath, that come Easter morning, they weren't prepared for what God was going to do. They had no clue that the resurrection was coming. There's no evidence that they thought the resurrection was coming. But in emptying themselves of their agenda and turning control of life over to God again and letting God be in charge, were they a bit open to the new thing the Creator would do? Were they a bit open to the new thing the liberator would do. I think they were. I think in going through the stories of how God recreates, they were ready for God to do something. I wonder how we spend Saturday before Easter. Oh, painting eggs and getting the ham ready and getting the table ready and all. But do we take any time to remember our story? Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Do we remember our foundation in baptism of being buried with Christ and then raised with Christ? Do we take that time to assess where we are and where God is present in our lives? Would that prepare us for Easter? And on a bigger scale, 
we all face catastrophe. We all endure death. We all endure some horror in our life. An illness, a bad report from the doctor, a divorce, a job loss, a betrayal. And when that happens, do we take time to assess and remember the God who gives life, the God who gives light, the God who gives new life, the God who recreates? Do we move then from despair to hope? We know death pretty well, and we know despair and bad stuff pretty well. But do we know resurrection and new life very well? That's what I think happens on the Sabbath. We are reminded of the death in life, but then we're reminded of the new life that God offers. That there's a cycle in life that we, that we experience lots. And we experience that death and resurrection cycle all the time. For we're always dying to something and rising to something else. And there are times where we die to things beyond our control. And God gives new life that we just didn't expect. When the rabbis talk about the Sabbath, they say that on the Sabbath, one is given an extra spirit, that one is given an, a soul. One rabbi says the Sabbath is like breathing, that on the Sabbath, we exhale. We exhale the things of death. We exhale the things that minimize us and reduce us. And then we inhale God's life and God's spirit. Is it possible that the disciples thought about that on that horrible Saturday? That they took the time to exhale death to inhale and be ready for life. It's an important exercise for us that God gives us the spirit in the midst of death. So let's do that now. Let's exhale the things of death that weigh us down and burden us and control us. And let's inhale the new life that God gives.
Okay, you ready? Did you practice breathing? You can all do this. You can breathe. Let's exhale. And now let's take the time to inhale new life. May it be so. Amen.